every year in the summer and then in the wintertime at Christmas time. Uh, to me, one of, the, one of the couple of things that I love about meeting in this place is just that it, it just is a, uh, a tangible reminder that there is a church in Homer, right? A, a, a community, a community of, uh, of people who are following Jesus, but doing it in a little different ways, right? Um, and so here we are meeting at CCC and uh, in their building, and, and we just appreciate that. Uh, how, many of you, how many of you are not regular attenders at Church on the Rock, but because of the evening service, you're able to show up and worship with us? A couple of you. Great. Yep. And of course, for us, it's an opportunity on those Sunday mornings to visit other churches and worship with others as well. So that's a real treat. It doesn't come without its challenges, though. Um, something about my jump drive is not working with this computer, so we don't have a PowerPoint tonight. Uh, for reading the scripture, but we do have daylight. We have windows. And so uh, if you have your Bible, which is new for us rockers, right? Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can crack open your Bibles or your phone and, and read along. Oh, hey. Yeah. I guess we got it. All right. Nice job, media team. You pulled it off. That's great. And then, of course, uh, Pastor David Taylor, uh, the pastor of CCC. Um, uh, just, to, just tonight and becoming aware that he has apparently uh, larger ears than I do. Uh, this mic thing, I have tried, I have basically have it zip tied to my ear. I'm not saying he has big ears, I'm just saying they're larger than mine. And uh, so if you see my ear turn blue and fall off, you'll know the extent of my love for you. I'm willing to make that sacrifice to, uh, to bring this message. How many of you have ever thought about your future? You've ever, you've ever asked questions, uh, there's been confusion about what will come next and then what will come after that. And you've wondered, what does my future look like? How many of you ever asked those questions and lost sleep over that, right? Yeah, me too. That makes about all of us, okay? Yeah. Uh, there is a mystery to following the Lord. In fact, I would say there's mystery to being on a planet that the Lord created, even if you're not following him, right? That, that the God of the universe is so big and so beyond us that as he sets things in motion, it's impossible for us to completely understand everything. If we could understand everything, uh, he would somehow lose his position as God, right? Uh, we would be able to dethrone him. Uh, but we don't have the capacity to get it. And so for us, as we think about our futures, there's always going to be mystery. Um, the scripture says that it is to God's glory to conceal a matter. But it is our glory to search that matter out. And so as, as God presents to us the mystery of life, uh, pieces of the mystery of our future. Um, it is an opportunity for us to build glory by, uh, in disciplined ways, pursuing, uh, pursuing that. Does that make sense? And so we're going to read a story tonight about uh, a very powerful man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar has questions about a mystery that is being revealed to him concerning his future. And not only his future, but the, the future of nations. And he is losing sleep over that. So if you would turn or look at the screen. Uh, Daniel chapter 2, starting at verse 1. 
It says, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. And the king replied to the astrologers, this is what I have firmly decided. You ready? If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Once more, they replied, let the king tell his servants the dream and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is just one penalty for you. You have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things, hoping the situation will change. So then tell me the dream, and I will know that you can interpret it for me. And the, and the astrologers answered the king, there is, uh, there is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And of course, they do not live among men. This is a stressful uh, time for the astrologers and the enchanters and the magicians, right? The king has had a dream, but he is not going to tell the dream. There's a mystery here. I don't completely understand it. I need some help discerning the mystery, and I'm not even going to tell you the first part of it. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar apparently has, has trusted these guys before for advice and suspected that along the line, suspected that he has somehow been fed some baloney, right? That they have kind of made up some mumbo-jumbo to tell him what he wanted to hear. But there's something about this dream, something about the, uh, and you maybe, maybe you've been there. Have you ever woke up in the night and known, that was, that was not just a dream. There was something more to that, something significant to that. That's what Nebuchadnezzar's wrestling with. He says, I can't afford in this mystery to be misled. And so you're going to tell me the dream, and then you're going to interpret the dream for me. And so, uh, uh, and if not, you will all die. And of course, they, they concede. We cannot interpret the dream. And so the message goes out that all the wise men are about to be destroyed. The message gets to Daniel, and Daniel says, hey, uh, let me talk to the king. And he goes to the king. He says, hey, um, if, it, if it pleases the king, let me just have a piece of time where myself and a couple of my trusted friends could, could plead and, and beg our God to give us some revelation of the dream. And so Daniel does, and, and his friends, they gather around, they pray, and in the night, Daniel receives the same dream that Nebuchadnezzar had and also the interpretation of the dream. Um, he goes to the king the next day and um, 
He says, you know, the thing about it is that uh, uh, I'm actually not able to give you the interpretation of the dream. But the God of the universe can. And this is the interpretation. It's, it's, an, it's an apocalyptic kind of spooky interpretation. It's actually not apocalyptic, but he, he describes the king's dream. Nebuchadnezzar has had this dream of a statue that is made up of the elements of the earth, precious metals, some of them, some of them very common, but the stuff that men go into the earth and dig out and refine, stuff like gold and silver and bronze and iron and clay. Nebuchadnezzar has seen in his dream this vision of a statue that is made up of these different metals. And, and Daniel explains to him, he says, that statue is a series of nations Time will mar march on. First, the head of gold is your nation, Nebuchadnezzar. But that head will be destroyed and give way to another nation uh, of another metal, which will give way to another nation of another metal. And time will go on, and eventually this statue will be completely destroyed, but not by a precious metal that has been refined and ored by man. It will be refined by a rock that no man has ever touched or carved out. This simple piece of pressed down, uh, uh, pressurized piece of earth, this rock will just pop out of a mountain and, and come and crush all of these nations that have gone before him. And then that rock will swell into a mountain and take over the entire world. That's the interpretation of your dream. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar is thrilled to have some clarity I, I believe that the Holy Spirit, though Nebuchadnezzar wasn't a follower of this one true God, Nebuchadnezzar, the Holy Spirit spoke to his heart and confirmed that to him. He says, yes, that is, that is the dream. That is the interpretation. What you have said is what will happen. There will one day be a rock that will take over the entire world. Right? And he was satisfied with that and so impressed with Daniel and his capacity and so he said, Daniel, I'm going to put you in charge of all of my wise men. And Daniel begins to disciple the wise men of Babylon. It's a mystery to our future. And I would say that there is, uh, with a mystery, with this mystery, I find it interesting that the Lord is speaking, God is speaking to Nebuchadnezzar the gospel message. Jesus is coming and he's going to take over. And he packages it in a way that Nebuchadnezzar can connect with it and appreciate it. But with that message, with that mystery revealed, there is a threat and also an invitation. The threat and the invitation together become the foundation for Nebuchadnezzar's future as well as our own. I want to talk a little bit about interpreting dreams tonight. Um, because although I'm, I'm kind of zooming out and, and talking maybe a little bit more in broader strokes uh, about uh, just understanding the mystery of our future. Um, Gary, do you fully understand your future? Do you know what comes next? Yeah, me neither. So there's a mystery to it, right? Yeah. And yet the gospel ha uh, has a peace in that. And the presence of Jesus in our present and our future is a threat and an invitation. Uh, but uh, I, wanna, I do want to talk just specifically about interpreting dreams. Some of you may actually have a dream or have had a dream uh, uh, in the night of vision that uh, 
resonates with your spirit and you believe it to be from the Lord. Um, I, I know I have had those and uh, wondered what should I do with, with the actual dream. I just want to talk through a few things. Does that sound weird enough for you? Is that what you expected tonight? Well, of course, dreams are generally, uh, at least in scripture, they are subjective. They're not objective. There's a metaphoric nature to it. In all of the dreams that show up throughout scripture, it, they don't happen just as the dream happened. They give us a picture and uh, elements that mean something else. And so as you think about your dream, uh, understand that, that it is a, a, it's a wink to something else. It's, a, it's an insight into something else. Some of you may remember just a few weeks ago that um, our own Drew Simpson described, I was actually, it was right before I was preaching, so I wasn't really tuned in. But as near as I could tell, it's something about you having a dream that you wished you were more like me. Something like that. Is that, did I, did I, again, I might have missed some of it, but that's, that was the big takeaway for me. You were dreaming about me, right? Yeah, something like that. And so I would just say, Drew, as you are interpreting that dream, it's, it's, not, that, it's, not, it's not necessarily that uh, I am uh, the standard. In, you know, uh, it's just that I represent a standard for you that you're trying to uh, achieve. You, you're wanting to be, uh, I don't know. Maybe you, you just uh, admire my brilliance, my, my healthy teeth. I'm not sure what it is, but you, you, you can look into that and just know that it's, it, uh, it's, a, it, it's a picture of something else. And that's something you can talk to the Lord about. Uh, also, I would say uh, the same in, 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 in understanding dreams, it's the same is true for understanding prophecy. Uh, uh, look for those patterns, right? As things are uh, repeated in your dream, as things are, re and just as they are repeated in scripture, that those, uh, those patterns give light. They bring revelation as you understand those patterns. Uh, and then, of course, I would just say uh, that you would own what is revealed. There may be mystery to those dreams. But there are a handful of things that have been revealed to us that are crystal clear, like the gospel message. Deuteronomy says... Uh, to own the things that are revealed and hold the mysteries loosely, right? And trust the mysteries to the Lord, but always be hanging on to, for dear life, the crystal clear message of the gospel and let the example of Jesus lived out on the earth give you direction for how to live your future. Is that fair? Well, hopefully that's helpful as we think about dream interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar says, I've had a dream and I don't want to be lied to. It's too important. And so you guys, you don't get to just blow smoke my direction. I'm going to make it very, very uh, uh, motivate you to be very careful about what you say to me in my delicate state of unrest here, right? Um, and so I love Daniel's strategy. He says, okay, king. Uh, this is my strategy for understanding the mystery. There's a few things that I understand. When I think about my own future, and as many of you know, maybe all of you, um, there's changes for, for the Bauer Sox family. Not huge. Um, everyone thinks we're moving away from Homer. We're not moving. <laughs> well, we're moving, but we're not moving away from Homer. We'll be back very shortly. But 
still, I wonder about like the future. And there are a handful of things that I know, the, the, the non-negotiables guide me. I have a wife, and she must eat. That guides my decisions, right? I have children, and they must be warm and dry. So those, those needs guide me, right? Um, but what do I do with the mysteries, the things, the, the hunches, the, uh, the questions? Uh, what do I do with those? Well, Daniel's strategy, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus some time. I'm going to give some time and, and look at the mystery. I'm going to turn to the Lord and, and say, from this time to this time, man, I'm just going to focus on you, Lord, and try to hear your voice about this mystery. Daniel's strategy included involving trusted friends. I'm not going to keep this to myself. I'm, I'm not going to bear this burden my, uh, by myself, but I'm going to talk to friends. And um, I've got a handful of friends even, even among this crowd, right? Uh, men and women that I go to and say, this is, these are the mysteries. What do you think? What does your wisdom and life experience and your own walk with the Lord say about this? And so be a person who involves friends. Third Daniel pleaded to the Lord. You know, I think the Lord, I don't know what this says about him or if this frustrates you. I think the Lord likes to be pleaded with. You know? I think he, I think he enjoys that, that, that desperate, raw connection. Dear God, I need revelation from you or I am lost and wandering. I think he likes that. I think it proves to us uh, our own limitations. It proves to us the value, not only of God himself, but the value of God's wisdom and direction. My girls have started this thing. I'll tell you, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know how, what I'm going to do here. Uh, I, I could use some help. So I'll, maybe I'll tap some of you on the shoulder, but I, I, I've begun to, like, something will happen, and I'll begin to explain to them why, uh, you know, why, why that's wrong or a better way or whatever, and my oldest daughter in particular, she says, I know, Dad, I know, Dad. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't know. Don't tell me. I know, Dad, I know, Dad, because you are nine years old, and I am 42, Right? I know some things. <laughs> and in all honesty, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to... You can pray for me, right? Because <laughs> I don't want to do damage there. But at the same time, uh, there's value in what the old man has to say, right? And I want her to know that. Who just said amen? Okay. You're free to leave and go find her and talk to her. Please, tell her. And you know, because we've talked. I'm not clueless, right? Okay. <laughs> Plead to the Lord. I need from you, and you are full of wisdom and truth. I love that Daniel understood what he had control of. Daniel is brave enough and, and so compelled by truth that when Nebuchadnezzar said, in fact, I'll read it to you, Daniel 2, 26 to 28, The king asked Daniel, also called, also called Belteshazzar, which, you know, as soon as I read that, I think, 
all of a sudden, Earl doesn't sound so bad, right? <laughs> Can you imagine? Belteshazzar Bauer socks. That's a mouthful. <laughs> Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? And Daniel replied, no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. I mean, that's a brave statement, isn't it? Yeah. Daniel says, uh, no. Actually, I'm, I'm not able to do that. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He says, I, I don't have control over that. It's a mystery to me, but I've gone to the Lord. And he reveals mysteries. And so as we, as we understand this story, I just want to share with you two truths, two realities about your future and my future. But uh, I just want to offer you, they're simple, but they come out of this story, out of this passage. The first one is, uh, and this is the threat and the, and the invitation piece. The first one is that nothing you and I are building, nothing we are building will survive Jesus' takeover. Bowersock style will not survive Jesus' takeover, right? Um, whatever, you're, whatever you're building, church on the rock will not survive Jesus' takeover, right? And here's my question to you. When you hear that piece of truth, that news, that what you're building will not survive the coming takeover of the Lord Jesus at the end of time. When you hear that piece of news, is that devastating to you? That's a good question for you to ask as you are evaluating your next move. I had a conversation with a friend of mine recently, and he asked a, a, a great question. He says, uh, uh, he says, I understand that, that we are to rule and subdue, that the scripture is full of wisdom for how we manage and acquire money, right? That the, that the scriptures promise even financial blessings for those who navigate that whole deal skillfully. Where does, where does ruling and subduing in finances, where does that become love for money? Where's the fine line there in between of acquiring wealth and loving wealth. And I would say to you, that if you're having trouble knowing, where am I in that? I would simply ask the question, is the idea of losing it all devastating? Is, is, is losing all that you are building going to destroy you? Then, then maybe something's off kilter there. Because the truth is that nothing we are building will survive Jesus' takeover. Nebuchadnezzar has this incredible encounter with this God who he doesn't even serve. This God who reveals his dream to him in this miraculous way. This dream about this statue where he is the head of gold. And then there's all these other layers of, of metals. And in the very next chapter, Nebuchadnezzar, with full knowledge of this dream and its interpretation, this next, very next chapter, Nebuchadnezzar builds a statue in his honor made of pure gold, the whole thing. I'm not sharing this glory with anybody, right? Nebuchadnezzar never got it. Nebu, that's what his friends called him, Nebu. Uh, Nebu, nothing you're building will survive the coming rock that will destroy and take over the entire world in all of history. 
And here's the other truth that will guide you as you think about your future. The first one is that nothing will survive his takeover. The second one is that everything is absorbed in his takeover. There's a dichotomy there, isn't there? Wait a minute. Nothing's surviving, but everything is absorbed. I don't understand. How does that happen? Well, it's a mystery. And in the kingdom of God, you might as well get used to it, right? Jesus says, if you want to live your life, you... Or, what? I just threw myself off here. If you, if you lose your life, you save it, right? If you want to live, you die, right? If you, if you want to keep, you give, right? All these things. There are these dichotomies, and this is one of them. Everything is... Nothing will survive, but everything is absorbed. This is the invitation piece. That while what you are building now will not survive the coming kingdom, it will be material for the expansion of the coming kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar is so impressed with the interpretation of this rock who will take over the world. He says, Daniel, I'm going to give you all the wise men to disciple and so Daniel goes in and he disciples all these wise men. And one nation falls and another rises. One, and another nation falls and another one rises. And time marches on. And in the day of the, the clay and the iron mixed together, in that day the rock came out of the mountain and began to swallow up and absorb the entire world. And that was, uh, you know, when Jesus came. Christmas Day, Right? It began his rule on earth. And who was there to greet him? Do you remember? The wise men of Babylon, who for generations had been discipled in the teachings of Daniel, who just got his new job discipling those guys at the message of that coming king. And so the Lord is able to uh, uh, whatever you're doing, whatever, whatever um, ministry, whatever ways that you are uh, displaying the character and the kingdom of God, the Lord says, I will absorb that. It will become part of my ever-expanding kingdom on the earth. Jesus says, my reign is both a threat and an opportunity. Which of those it is for you is entirely up to you. Okay, that's the worship team to come forward. We're going to end with a simple song. Uh, but as we do, and as you think about your future, uh, as you think about what it would look like for you to begin to add disciplines to understanding the mystery of what the Lord is calling you into, I just want to remind you of who this God is. I want to read Daniel's words. If you can imagine, when he woke up from his vision with the king's dream on his tongue and the interpretation, uh, he says in chapter 2, verse 20, Daniel says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons he sets up kings and disposes them. He gives, excuse me, he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers, 
You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. You know, if you're, if you're somebody who is seeking the Lord and you're, you're trying to understand the mystery of what he has for you and your future, I just want to remind you tonight that Nebuchadnezzar's astrologers were dead wrong. There is a God who dwells among men, and he understands all of our mysteries. Amen? Would you stand?